What is up everyone? It is Quinn here back with another video. And today I'm going to be running through my top five 2023 rookie quarterbacks and rookie tight ends. So over the past few days, what, like five, six days, I've gone through my uh, top eight running backs and then my top eight wide receivers. So now we're going to be combining the quarterbacks and the tight ends. Obviously there's a lot less depth at these positions, you know, compared to those running backs and those wide receivers. So just five for each position. If you guys enjoy the content, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. And then as always, I want to hear your guys' opinions. You know, let me know where you have these guys ranked. Do you have, you know, a certain guy higher, lower? Did you think someone was left off the rankings? I want to hear your input. These are definitely, you know, going to evolve throughout the offseason and through the NFL draft. But let's just jump right into it. And we're going to start it off with the quarterback position. I think there's kind of a clear top two um, with, you know, someone kind of wavering on the outside there. But starting it off here at number one, I'm going to go with Bryce Young out of Alabama. I think when we're looking at this quarterback class, he kind of seems like the safest option to just be a good NFL quarterback. Like if you're telling me, you know, there was one dude in this class who hit, he's a solid quarterback. And when I mean good, I mean somewhere in that like quarterback eight to quarterback 12 range, somewhere in there. You know, if you told me there was one guy from this class, I would put my money on it being Bryce Young. The dude has a super high football IQ, and he's definitely able to competently go through his reads, and then also just a very, very accurate passer. I really think, you know, we've seen kind of one main concern about Bryce Young, and that really has just been his size. Right now, he's listed at six foot 195. I think there's a lot of skepticism about that six foot number. He might be more in that like 5'10", maybe even we're getting into like the 5'9 range. And you know that it has been a concern to some people. A few years ago, we saw Kyler kind of go through a similar thing with him being a shorter quarterback. But the difference with Kyler was that he has like a much thicker frame. So he may be 5'10", but he's definitely like 205, 210, somewhere in that range. With Young, you know, he's probably much shorter and much thinner than basically any other quarterback in the NFL. So, you know, I guess there's some reason to be concerned there. Will he be able to hold up? But when we look at like the trajectory the NFL is going on right now, they continue to protect the quarterbacks. These quarterbacks are really just not getting hit like they were, you know, 10, 20 years ago. Uh, right now, Bryce Young is the favorite to be the number one pick. So I feel very solid about him as a, uh, you know, solid rookie pick. At number two, I have CJ Stroud out of Ohio State. I feel like so far this is pretty consensus. Young at one, Stroud at two. For uh, CJ Stroud, he's another dude who seems to be locked into like the top, you know, five picks of the NFL draft. He put together two incredible seasons as an Ohio State starter. Definitely surrounded by a lot of you know stud weapons, but still, you know, stepped in there and produced at a very very high level. Just like Bryce Young, Stroud is a super accurate quarterback. He's a much larger frame than CJ Stroud, listed at around uh, six foot three. 215 pounds. I'd say, you know, for Bryce Young, we had the size as the main concern. For uh, Stroud, it's kind of been surrounded with his uh, pocket presence when he is under pressure. So he's someone where he's getting pressured. He kind of starts to like drift away from the pressure and hasn't really been able to uh, weaponize his athleticism. He is a pretty like overall athletic guy. You know, like he's not going to be a top tier athlete at the quarterback position, but he's, you know, athletic enough to evade pressure, get outside the pocket, use his legs, all of that stuff. He just hadn't been able to kind of use that throughout the season. And then we go into the uh, Georgia game. I think what was that the uh, semifinal and he just completely uh, flips the switch 
That had been the, you know, uh, concern about him. He goes out against Georgia, you know, in elite defense. He's out there extending plays. He's avoiding pressure. He's getting outside the pocket, making throws, you know, making them pay for pressuring him. So, you know, it's something we saw in like one game of the season. It was against the best competition. So hopefully he's able to kind of carry that into the NFL. But I still think it's something I just kind of had to talk about. Now at number three, this is where I have Anthony Richardson out of Florida. He kind of feels like the wild card uh, of this class. You know, the more I uh, hear and kind of see from Anthony Richardson, the more excited I get about him as a prospect and a, uh, you know, potential fantasy football asset. There just straight up is not a quarterback in this class that can match uh, Anthony Richardson's ceiling, both, you know, as a passer and on the ground. And, you know, both in terms of real life NFL and fantasy football, I think his uh, fantasy ceiling is probably even higher than like his real life NFL quarterback ceiling. The dude is 6'4", 235 pounds. He's incredibly fast, very elusive. And then he just has an absolute cannon for an arm. And I feel like there's kind of a misconception uh, when it comes to Anthony Richardson. Typically, when you're looking at prospects, the prospects who have like the crazy raw skills, you know, like they have the arm, they have the legs. The problem is like decision making or maybe, uh, you know, being able to effectively read defenses. And then when you have some of the quarterbacks who, you know, they have the accuracy, they're able to read defenses, guys like, you know, maybe Bryce Young or Stroud, maybe they just lack those, you know, elite traits like the crazy arm, the crazy legs, all of that stuff. For Anthony Richardson, he's definitely competent when it comes to reading defenses. Not saying he can't improve, but it's not like he's a total zero in that area. It really has just come down to accuracy. Like there is not a, a single throw on the field that this dude cannot make. The problem is he just can't make, you know, those throws consistently. So he can do it. It's in his, you know, repertoire. He just, you know, can't really get the consistency there when it comes to the accuracy. It seems like his draft stock continues to rise just due to the ceiling and, you know, the upside swing you can get with him at quarterback. So if he, you know, ends up getting into the top 10, if he's top five, I kind of feel like I'll just be forced to put him over Stroud and Young just based on that upside because we kind of just have to look at this like a uh, like a risk reward swing. It's possible he busts. Maybe he's just unable to figure out the accuracy. Typically, right, if we have a guy who's shown he's smart enough to, you know, make solid reads and has all those physical tools, I'd probably want to bet on him, you know, figuring out the accuracy. But even if he doesn't, you know, that is in the range of outcomes where he kind of falls flat, isn't able to put it together. The thing is, when we look at these other quarterbacks, a guy like Bryce Young, Stroud, they're solid, but I don't know if they have that elite upside. I think if we had to pick one quarterback in this class to break into that tier with the guys like Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Lamar Jackson, I think Anthony Richardson would be the guy who has that ceiling like in his range of outcomes because the other guys just don't have either the rushing upside or they don't have the elite arm talent of Anthony Richardson. So that's why I have him here at number three. He could realistically move up if his draft stock or his uh, draft capital is really, really strong. Now, moving over to number four, this is where I have Will Levis out of Kentucky. Just like Anthony Richardson, I think he's a very polarizing prospect. If we're looking at the physical tools, you know, just like Richardson, Will Levis definitely has, you know, basically all of them. Six foot three in like the 220 to 230 range. He is mobile. He doesn't have blazing speed, but he's definitely a very powerful runner. You know, he's more of like a Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts type compared to like a Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields. Now, I don't think he is as mobile or as good of a runner as a Josh Allen 
or Jalen Hurts, just more in terms of the style. Like if you're going to give him a big lane, he'll take it. I think, you know, on the goal line, he can get involved in some read action, some quarterback powers, all of that stuff. So he's not a zero as a runner. He's probably more in that like intermediate range, maybe with like a Trevor Lawrence, kind of somewhere in there. And then in terms of arm talent, he definitely has that. A lot of the issues with Will Levis have just come down to the decision-making and his ball security. Um, You know, I think he's kind of someone who's been pretty hated on as like a top prospect when we're looking at these quarterbacks. He's someone who I think you consistently see the narrative of like, why is this guy in contention to be a top 10 pick? He shouldn't even be a first rounder. You know, I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen, you know, all those comments, stuff like that. I mean, you know, we can make those arguments. People can say that, but it seems very likely that he is going to be picked in the top 10. I think the ceiling is there. Just like Richardson, it's just going to come down to whether or not, you know, he's able to develop, if he's able to improve that decision making. You know, we've seen it in his like two full years as a starter. Looking back to 2021, like he still had the turnover problems, but the offense around him was much better. Also, Wandell Robinson, dude was a stud, got to see him play uh, in college again, you know, going back to watch Will Levis. So hopefully he's able to uh, get healthy. But then this past season, you know, he struggled again in terms of like the turnover worthy plays, all of that. But the supporting cast was pretty rough around him. So I don't know, you know, how much you want to ding him there. I still think if he's getting that draft capital, he's going to be worth a mid first uh, dynasty rookie pick, you know, if that draft capital is there. And like, I'm not saying he's a lock, but he does have that upside given just the physical tools that he does have. And then for the uh, fifth and final quarterback, going over to uh, Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee, I think he's like clearly the number five. Like, you know, it wasn't a tough call between him and Richardson or him and Levis. Uh, He is much older than uh, a lot of these other quarterbacks. He has already turned 25 and he's also coming off of a uh, ACL tear and probably won't be healthy by the time the NFL season starts which means he's almost guaranteed to you know, be sitting as a backup through his first year because you're probably not going to be bringing in like a second, third round rookie pick uh, you know, to start in the middle of the NFL season, obviously barring an injury uh, to the starter. However, before he did tear his ACL, he was putting together a pretty insane season. In 11 games, he threw for 3,135 yards, had a 70% completion rate, 27 passing touchdowns to only two interceptions, And then he also has the rushing upside, 430 rushing yards and five touchdowns on the ground. In terms of physical traits, I mean, Hooker pretty much possesses all of them. His mechanics are solid. He's an accurate passer. Aside from his age and injury, there's really only like one other major concern, which is just the scheme he played in in college. Tennessee's offense really doesn't transfer cleanly at all to the NFL level. And Hooker really wasn't put in a position where he would have to make, you know, his own consistent reads. There was a lot of, you know, predetermined, uh, you know, targets for him. So it's definitely not great in terms of like processing. He is 25. So if he's never really been put in a position to, you know, read defenses, go through his progressions, will he be able to, you know, develop that at the next level? I think that's uh, something that we'll have to wait and see, but I still think he's going to be picked in the second or third round. And I think he's someone who's worth like a flyer in like the late second round, early third round of uh, dynasty rookie drafts. I think that's a uh, fine price to pay for him given the upside and, you know, the quarterback position. When I'm throwing out these uh, uh, rookie, uh, you know, prices here, I'm talking super flex. So uh, that's where I would value him as a super flex option. 
So those are my top five quarterbacks. Now let's pivot into the top five tight ends. We're going to start it off here with Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. I think overall, you know, in terms of like NFL readiness, um, well-roundedness, I think Michael Mayer is definitely the clear best overall tight end in this class. It looks like he's going to be a a mid first round pick in the NFL draft. He's uh, been involved as a pass catcher in his three college seasons, but really kind of impressed over the last two. In both those seasons, he caught at least 67 uh, passes for over 800 receiving yards, and then scored 18 total touchdowns between those two seasons. Mayer has the receiving production. He also has the solid size at around 6'4", 250. And like I said, he's going to have the draft capital. So that's a pretty, you know, well-rounded fantasy football profile. My concern is just his overall ceiling. Typically, when we're seeing these uh, tight ends drafted in the first round, we're expecting big things, right? For Kyle Pitts, we're expecting him to come in, be a high-end tight end one throughout his career. I think the ceiling is a little bit of a concern here for Mayer because typically when we're seeing these elite tight ends for fantasy football, your Kelsey's, your Kittles, you know, your Wallers, all these guys, um, even Gronk, you know, who wasn't, I guess, an elite athlete, but just a totally dominant tight end. What all those dudes have in common is that they are top tier athletes. And I'm not saying that Mayer is a bad athlete, but I think he's more of in that like good category compared to being like this sensational athlete like a Travis Kelsey, like a George Kittle, like those guys. So I still have him as my tight end one. But when we're combining all these players together, like I've seen Michael Mayer go like late first round in uh, some rookie mock drafts. For me, I'm just not quite there. Like I'm a little lower when we start bringing in the running backs, the quarterbacks, the uh, wide receivers, but he is still going to be my uh, tight end one for this class. And then, you know, maybe he proves me wrong at the combine and just tears it up. But from what I saw, you know, he just didn't flash as like an insane athlete who's able to get crazy separation, you know, able to uh, have some of these, you know, crazy explosive plays. At number two, I'm going with Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. He really checks all the boxes as like a fantasy producer, a receiving tight end. But I do think he falls a little short in terms of uh, checking the boxes as like a real life NFL tight end, which can obviously, you know, contribute to him getting on the field, which obviously we need him on the field to start producing for fantasy. Kincaid was productive in 2021, but really had, you know, his huge breakout this past season. He caught 70 passes for 890 yards and eight touchdowns. He is a very diverse route tree when it comes to the tight end position. He has great ball skills. He's able to go up and get it. You know, he can make plays short, intermediate, deep part of the fields. And he is a very impressive athlete. Like I talked about with the NFL traits, he does leave a little to be desired as a uh, blocker. And he's slightly undersized for a tight end. And so, you know, now going up to the next level, probably not going to help him as a blocker. It looks like he is going to be a day two pick. And I just think, you know, it'll depend on how he's used. If a team kind of recognizes, you know, maybe he's not the best pass blocker and they just want to put him out there as a, you know, a receiving tight end, I think that would definitely be ideal. And like I've been talking about with some of the, you know, mock draft prices, Like I saw with uh, Mayer, he's kind of going as like a fringe first round pick. And then Kincaid's kind of going in like the early third round. In my opinion, there should not be that huge of a difference between those two guys. If, you know, you're going to give me Kincaid early third, I will pass on Mayer as like a, you know, borderline first round pick and just, you know, scoop up the uh, tight end position in the third round. So give me Kincaid at those prices, but I still do, you know, view uh, Mayer higher overall. 
At number three, I have Luke Musgrave out of uh, Oregon State. He really didn't do much as a pass catcher until this past season. And, you know, it may seem weird because he only appeared in uh, two games this past season. He, uh, you know, had that season shortened due to a knee injury. But in those two games, he had a six for 89 and a touchdown, and then he had a five for 80. I think he possesses a really solid balance in terms of size, his athleticism, and he's very versatile. He can play in line. He can also play out in the slot which you know we want to see. And I think he's another guy who's going to have that day two capital going somewhere in like round two or round three. At number four, I have a Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State. As a sophomore, he actually caught 65 passes for 780 yards and six touchdowns. Unfortunately, he wasn't really able to build off that this past year. I think he missed like five games with an ankle injury, so he didn't really have the uh, counting stats, but I still think we kind of saw what we needed to see out of him these past few years. He's very solid as a uh, receiver. He's a very strong athlete. He can play out wide. He can play in the slot. He can play on the uh, line, and I do think he actually has the size to be a solid blocker. Another dude who I think is going to be like a day two pick and is someone in terms of rookie dynasty drafts is probably going to be going as like somewhere in the third round if he does uh, get that capital. And then moving on to number five, this is where I have Darnell Washington out of Georgia. And I do think there's kind of a fall off here at the tight end position. There are definitely some overall solid tight ends in terms of, you know, real life NFL, but a lot of them are more, you know, blocking centered. So not exactly going to cut it for fantasy football. And I think Darnell Washington is kind of falling into that category. He's someone who you would think would have a ton of upside. He's got a crazy frame, six foot seven, 265 pounds, and he's a very good blocker, which is why he's being talked about as like a you know potential second, third round uh, pick. He wasn't really ever a huge focus as a pass catcher at Georgia, which typically, right, like if you're the tight end two as a receiving option and in college, it's probably not going to be uh, great when you get to the NFL, but you could kind of excuse it when you realize, you know, he's playing behind Brock Bowers, who's going to be the tight end one in uh, next year's draft. But I still just think from what we've been seeing, it seems like teams are really valuing him as a blocker. So will he ever get that opportunity to be like a volume option at the tight end position to put up those numbers? I guess we'll have to wait and see, but right now I have him as my tight end five. So let's just run through those quickly again. Quarterbacks, number one, I had Bryce Young. Number two, CJ Stroud. Number three, Anthony Richardson. Four, Will Levis. And then five, Hendon Hooker. Tight ends, number one, Michael Mayer. Two, Dalton Kincaid. Three, Luke Musgrave. Four, Tucker Craft. And then uh, five, Darnell Washington. If you guys enjoyed the video, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. As always, thank you all for stopping by and I'll see you all in the next one.